0: Welcome to the weekly message from Raymer Family Church. We pray that this message establishes you in the Word and helps train you to live the victorious life that God has called you to live. If you'd like to follow the sermon notes, you can find them on raymer.org.au forward slash media. Are you ready for the Word today? Me too. And um, I'm excited about this series that Tony's had this in his heart for a bit and And it is on relationships, building blocks of relationships. And so there are five different building blocks that we're looking at. And last week, Tony uh, began the very first one, the very first, um, if you'll go to that next one, the first one of attraction. Today, we're going to look at pursuit. And before we jump into what we're looking at, I'd like to look at the four areas that Tony had us um, focus in on last week when he was talking about attraction. Uh, That the new creation behavior is so attractive, it's beautiful, it's godly, it's gorgeous, it's not prudish or cold or standoffish or condemning. It's actually attractive. And uh, ability to confide in one another, yielding to God's standards, and edifying words. Today, I'm going to just hitch this train onto ability to confide in one another and edifying words as we head into um, this next um, session and this next focus on pursuit. And so if you'll just pray with me, let's just believe God together that God, is, God helps us that we're able to have strong relationships. Dear Heavenly Father, it's your idea to have relationships. You started this, and I thank you. You demonstrated the, the very purpose and, and the zeal of your heart to have a close relationship with us because you gave your only begotten son actually to die, to remove the gap and the space between us and you. And you were through him able to reconcile us to yourself and bring us to yourself. And so, Father, you love close relationships and all the relationships we're to have are to be close. And we're mentioning in particular marriage relationships because they are to be a picture of Christ in the church. And you want the picture of Christ in the church to be healthy and whole and close. And so we ask you for help as we look into this subject today. Help us to see it as you want us to see it. In Jesus' precious name and for your glory, amen. Okay, when we're talking about pursuit, We're talking about something that is really relevant for all relationships. Marriage, of course. Dating, of course. Um, The steps to dating, of course. But also friendship relationships. Relationships in families. Uh, It can go out even broader that those relationships that are not so near and dear to you, but some good healthy things. So there are some things from what we're going to look at in in the Word and in the wisdom of God today that will just help us with our relationships. And um, we're going to get our example from our relationship or uh, the intent of God's heart for us to have closeness with Him. If you're going to um, follow me, Go to, to Philippians, the third chapter. Let's see this in the Amplified Bible. Paul said, if you'll go back to the, to the verse, he said this, For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Now, it's, it's interesting and important for us to know that the one who is writing this to the church in Philippi is Paul the Apostle. He has seen the Lord Jesus in in a revelation. He was lifted up into the third heaven. I mean, it's huge. So it wasn't that he didn't know Jesus. It's also the same Paul that his very introduction to Jesus was very dramatic. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus when he was about to he was on his way to kill Christians and Jesus interrupted him he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ and so he knew him he was introduced to him he knew him he was a Christian he was a, an apostle and, um, and he had by this time by Philippians by the time he's writing this letter he's written other of our books in the Bible and yet guys look at this This is towards the end of his life. In fact, he wrote this particular letter from the prison in Rome before he was executed and was martyred for the name of Jesus. Notice what he is saying here. Right at the end, he's introduced to Jesus. He's known Jesus. He's worked for Jesus. He's written about Jesus. He's had a revelation of Jesus. But look what he says at the end. My determined purpose is that I may know him. What's the deal, Paul? Don't you know him? No, he does know him. But what the truth is about our God is that there is no end to the knowing of him. You know how when you've gone to uh, Wet and wa- what is that, what's that water park here? Wet and Wild. So once you've done that a few times, you know, you buy the t-shirt, it's like, Gee, I've done that. The kids don't say that, but the parents say, okay, I've done that. Or maybe you're the kind of parent that wants to do it every, every season, you know, maybe. But uh, when it comes to Jesus and relationship with him, it is never that you buy the T-shirt and say, okay, I've done that. I've already done that. I know everything there is to do. I know now. I know some doctrines, and now I know that. You never come to the end, and it only gets sweeter. Notice it says that I may c- progressively become deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and clearly. So, we're going to add a word to the word pursuit today, actually, a two. We're going to s- call this pursuit of intimacy. So when you immediately think of intimacy, your mind goes immediately to uh, maybe romance or sexuality or something like that. Intimacy, however, is not just that. That's what kind of society has made it about, but it is way broader than that. Basically, uh, it means and has the idea and carries the idea of togetherness, no gaps, nothing as a barrier in between, transparency, togetherness. And so uh, this is the kind of ongoing relationship that we are uh, to have with, with Jesus, with God. can be an intimate, no-gap relationship with him, that feeling of shame being in between or, or distance in between. He wants it together, where we're conscious of Him, conscious of His presence. However, our relationships are to be the same way. Marriage is to be the same way, where there, there is not this weird gap in between that can happen uh, if your relationships, marriage relationships, or other kind of relationships get stale, where you start taking it for gran- granted. It's ho hum take it or leave it, frustrating. Uh, when you think of the relationship, most, mostly there is the negative that pops up into your mind because that's, what's, uh, that's, what, that's what seems to be drawing the most attention. And so uh, what we are looking at today is intimacy to close up those gaps and remove those barriers so that we can enjoy what God has intended us to to enjoy with one another. There, it's important that we realize that to our nature, there are, there are three parts. We are a spirit, and that is the eternal part of us. It's the part that we got from God. It's not the part we got from our parents. It's the part we got from God, and it is the part that will always be, and when I do this, when I'm smacking on my stomach, it's not, uh, you know, um, I'm not saying that it is my stomach, I'm just saying it's the core of who we are, is spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we are in a body. However, this, this body is where we end up being known for so much. That's where our DNA is. If they want to track anything about you or find out anything about you. They can find it in a, in a little fingernail clipping or a piece of hair. Uh, everything about you is in your DNA, which is, a, which is your body. And, and so your body then actually can be an identity robber. It claims everything of who you are. The deal is it isn't everything of who you are. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in this body. Incidentally, we only have these bodies that are our identity. Uh, We're only gonna have them for a few years. After we shed these bodies, we're going to live on in eternity, praise the Lord, and with a new body, with a different DNA, but we put so much on the body. We hang so much pressure on the body. And so um, the way that uh, when it comes to marriage or romance, if everything is centered or relationship is centered, everything straight to the body, then it will, uh, it will be skin deep. If your relationship is with your body, or with a body, it is skin deep, all right? So um, let's look at this flower here. Now we have with this flower, you can see that there are there, uh, are these three separate areas. There are the roots, which that long root, the one in the middle is known as an anchor root. Don't you think that's interesting? And then there are feeder roots as well. But the root is to represent the spirit, the spirit. And then there is the stem and the leaves, and that represents the soul. And then there on the top is the flower itself. When you go to the store, Uh, and you want to give somebody a flower or you go to purchase them yourself, you don't go there and buy a root. Ooh, these are good looking roots. And would you be really, really blessed if somebody plopped on your table a root? Well, not if it's it's not like an orchid root that you could plant and it was really costly or something like that. Roots aren't so exciting. In fact, they're kind of nasty looking. But the stem isn't even what you would give to somebody. You wouldn't be highly um, impressed if somebody were to hand you a stem, even if it had lots of leaves on it. Here you go, a, a, a stem. No, it would. What you what you want or what you what you go to the store to get is a flower. And they're attached, they, they just happen to be attached to the stem. They don't usually come, um, they don't usually come with roots by the time they make it to the store. And so, with a relationship, the flower is the most visible part. It's what, it's what is seen, It's what sometimes in this society is talked about the most. Things that have to do with the physical expression. But now, let me just say this. If a relationship, and I'm talking about marriage relationship or a a romantic relationship, if it looks good, if it looks good to other people, looks good, It'll be because it's a healthy plant or it's been cut recently and it's only a matter of time until it starts to flunk or it's fake. And you can keep something looking pretty good for a little while if it's fake. Just, just keep it happy. You know, when we lived in Italy, um, I, I was telling... <laughs> I was telling uh, Marissa, I, I came on the idea because I'm in a country of people who appreciate fake flowers and real flowers too. I, I put in my big flower pots outside of our house uh, silk geraniums, they were great. I had the best-looking geraniums in the whole neighborhood, and they were always looking nice. Every season, even winter, they looked great. <laughs> So, either it's fake, and you don't wanna fake something. And we can learn to fake it, and hear all, you know, do this, do this, do this, and it, it can look like this, and people can put on the dog and whatever, and it can look like something. You don't want something fake, you want something real. You don't want something that's just about one person, and not about the other, and it's all for show. You want something that is real, and intimate, no gaps in between, no distance, no barbs in between. And so uh, I got these flowers last week when Tony and I went out, uh, we went to the store after church, and they've lasted this long. But uh, this absolutely kind of illustrates some stuff. This one is really the prettiest so far. It's losing things. <laughs> but it, it's still, I, I, this has really made it. And this, these were reduced when I got them. <laughs> so they've even been cut for a while. I don't know what they're putting some preservative in these things to keep them afloat. But it's only a matter of time till this goes because it doesn't have any root. It's not drawing any nourishment. But this one here, bless its heart, And some relationships look like this. They're hanging in there. Kind of pathetic and actually uh, when I came, you know, I I picked this up and carried it into the car, I noticed that the water was even stinky. And I thought, oh, I should change that. I thought, no, I'm not going to change it because it's a good example. Because things, if they're not alive, if they're not rooted and fresh, start to stink. And some people's relationship, they might look like right now. You thought those were, you know, just roses from where your chair. And then I held up some of this. So you get a little bit closer and you start finding, you know, it's not all perfect. And you get up even a little closer and you'll start smelling something about somebody's relationship. Something stinks with your relationship. Some people have been around their stink so long that they don't even know they stink. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about, about a relationship that is, is beautiful and the way God intended for it to be. God has an original design for marriage, for family, for romantic relationships, for people that are going toward, toward um, a covenant in marriage. God has an original design for friendships and family members, and he has an original design, and it is good. It's beautiful, and if it has roots in the spirit. It's not all about what shows, and it's not even just about the feelings, but it has roots, and that's what Tony was talking about last last week. It has roots. Then the longer the relationship is in existence, it doesn't stink, it gets sweeter as the years go by. It gets more precious, and just like we don't come to the end of God, We don't even come to the end of a human. There's always something to know about a person if you have roots that are drawing up from the Holy Ghost or drawing up from the Spirit. God will show you things about a person. So we're going to talk about then a tool that we can use, a tool that Tony just touched on this last week. He used two verbal tools, edifying words and confiding in one another. And we're going to look at this communication. Uh, There are other things necessary for intimacy too, but a a huge thing is communication. We're going to just look at it. Communication has to do with talking and listening and responding. Have you ever tried an action towards somebody and they just went cold? Yeah, that doesn't help towards intimacy. And so there, all, there is talking, there is listening, but then there's also response uh, that is necessary. Spirit, soul, and body. All right, so uh, Tony used the term edifying words, and I'd like you to look at this definition of edify that I just got out of the dictionary. It says the word originally meant to construct a building, or strengthen, hence to build up. So, when we speak to one another, I'm t- just talking about general conversation around them. If we want healthy relationship, general conversation is to be edifying. Look at this verse of scripture from Ephesians. It says this, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Uh, other translations said filthy talk, or unwholesome language or talk or conversation, things that aren't, Uh, but generally, our general conversation to keep a relationship healthy is the conversation that we have needs to be healthy. Elsewise, we're actually injecting and infusing toxin into relationships. So if we're, uh, we may of course if we're always criticizing that person it can get like Ooh, bad, but if we're critical about anybody it can be bad. If we're always talking down, 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 you might as well be just squirt gun and squirt gun and uh, bleach on and and Drano and things that are corrosive into relationships, squirting your kids down with, with corrosives, <laughs> your marriage down with corrosives. It, it, it is a negative talk and down talk and mean talk is so destructive. All right? I was watching. Oh, dear. I, uh, Tony and I were down at... Um, oh. Margaret and Barry Court's church. It's been some time ago, and um, we went out to eat, and we were at a really, really nice restaurant, fish restaurant there in Perth. And while we were eating, I got so distracted because there was another couple of ways, and I, I, I could still hear them because she was talking. And she was the yak 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 yakin'. and she was going. And she said this, and her face was like this. I couldn't hear every word, but her face was like this, and her head was going like this. And she was just talking like this. And then, and then she said this. And then sometimes her face would come out like this. And then she'd say this, and she, her eyes were going. And then she said this. And then, and then I said that. And then she said that. And that kind of. I didn't know everything, but you could just tell that it was like. And the man had a newspaper, and he was like this. He didn't even pretend to be listening to her. They were obviously married, but I think for survival, he had encased himself with the newspaper because she was just thundering on him and raining on him the most corrosive conversation. It wasn't against even him. I imagine she badgered him, too. But it was about, it's just like, ah. People like that, if if they've already tried saying, shut up, (laughs) and that didn't work, then they just are just like, and they just read the newspaper, bury themselves in a movie, and, and then they live together, but there's no intimacy. Oh, unless we have a little bit of flour on the top to just hang things together by a thread. But there's no life. Okay, so, so generally, a clean mouth, if you want to have a healthy relationship, clean mouth, not just about the, uh, that person, about anybody. Talk clean. And that means edifying. In other words, go back to that definition. Something that builds people up, build people up rather than tear them down in your conversation. All right, all right, now, now, specifically speaking, and we're going to shift towards um, uh, marriage relationships here, we see Tony was using Song of Solomon. I've, I've listened now on New Version Bible to Song of Solomon a couple times. Wow, that's quite a book. I haven't read it in a while. I think all married people should read it. And, um, but anyway, I've chosen out, because this is... Um, Mixed audience, I've chosen carefully out some, uh, some reading of it that are very helpful for us. Because when we're talking about edify, edifying words, we, we need to be generally edifying and, and our mouth clean. Specifically, we need to uh, edify, as far as a, a man and a woman are concerned. Uh, husband and wife are concerned, be more specific in our edification as well as well so let 's just see what Song of Solomon gives for us if you'll go to this first opening here, Song of Solomon, the fifth chapter and verse ten. This is the young woman talking about her her uh, husband, young woman, my lover is dark and dazzling, better than ten thousand others, in other words. These are words that are spoken of him, but also to him, not comparing him in a negative way. Well, so-and-so's husband does this. You should, those those aren't edifying words, those are demeaning words, and so what we speak to one another in comparison, we need to edify. So she says, you're better than 10,000 others. Next verse. And just, you can go through these. His head is finest gold. His hair, his his wavy hair is black as a raven. His eyes sparkle like doves beside springs of water. They are selt with jewels washed in milk. His cheeks are like gardens of spices giving off fragrance. His lips are like lilies perfumed with myrrh wonder what kind of toothpaste he uses his arms are like rounded bars of gold I tell Tony things like that (laughs) he loved you know you know how he's so into (laughs) him so he his arms are like rounded bars of gold set with burl his body is bright ivory glowing with lapis lazuli I don't know what that is I was going to look it up and I don't know what it is I suppose it's good so then, uh, next verse, his legs are like marble pillars set in sockets of finest gold.
1: <laughs>
0: you see? It, his legs, his posture is stately like the noble cedars of Lebanon. Next verse. Okay, okay, go back to that other one. So when, uh, it, there is general edifying words, just general uplifting, kind, considerate, warm, loving, forgiving, good words, but specific, finding things about that person, spirit, roots, soul, stem, and body that are attractive, identifying those, Those words of edification work towards closeness rather than, why don't you fix that? And what's wrong with that? And what's wrong with that? Those, (coughs) you say, well, once they fix that, then I'll be able to, no, identify what's good and what's good starts to become more prominent. Okay, let's go on to the girl. Let's see what the, the woman uh, the man is, is saying about his wife, you're beautiful, my darling, like the lovely city of Tizra. Try that on your wife sometime. <laughs> Honey, you look like Tizra. <laughs> see if that impresses her. Yes, as beautiful as Jerusalem. See if that one does it. If she's not impressed with Tizra, see what she does with Jerusalem. I don't know, Tony's never told me I look like Jerusalem yet, but anyway. As majestic as an army of billowing banners, that must be good too. And next, next verse, turn your eyes away, for they overpower me. Oh, you still undo me. When you when you look upon me, your hair waves in, your f- hair wa- falls in waves, like a flock of goats. <laughs> winding down the slopes to Gilead. Go, your teeth are as white as sheep that are freshly washed. Your smile is flawless. This is a good confession. Each, toe, each tooth matched with its twin. <laughs> so happy, happy teeth. Next verse, your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil. And next, even among 60 queens and 80 concubines and countless young women. Next one, I would still choose my dove, my perfect one. The favorite of her mother, dearly loved by one who bore her. The young women see her praise, or even queens and royal concubines sing her praises. Next, who is this arising like the dawn, as fair as the moon, as bright as the sun, as majestic as an army with billowing banners? Okay, so you may choose other words. <laughs> Your hair is like goats. <laughs> Or in you, your teeth remind me of sheep. I, I don't know, you know. But what, we're sa- what we want to learn from Song of Solomon is the art of, of not just, you know, huh, huh, hmm. How do I look? Hmm. No. To, to, if we want a vibrant and close relationship, start identifying things specifically. Now this works even with kids, rather than you just say, you're a good boy. No, what is it? What is it you love with the, about that child? What is it you uh, uh, appreciate about their soul? What is it you've identified about their little heart? And so we're not just living in the generals, we, we move also to the specifics and identify sweet things about, about one another. Now, you know how there's always this thing about guys are headlines and girls are details? You know what I think? It just depends on what you're talking about. Because I've, I've heard my husband talk spices because he's into cooking. And, and um, cooking and, and football like details and so when it says guys don't like details I think guys like details I think they like it about trucks and they like it about sports and they like it about fishing and they like it about you know stuff that makes you (laughs) hack and spit you know I don't know but, you know, they, 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 it just depends on the subject of what de- kind of details you like. Girls, you know, plunge into the details, and then this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and then she said this, and then I looked like that, and then da-da-da. And so if we can remember this about our details, if we can uh, not develop a, a turn-off switch, <laughs> that when they're talking, it's, it, we go into automatic pilot of yeah, 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 or else roll the eyes. And you know how I know you do that? He gets on that stuff, and it's just like, I can do a myriad of things in my mind all the time while he's talking. <laughs> but he does the same with me, I see it. But he's come up with something that's really helped our relationship, to tell you the truth. Because I'll start talking, I'll start talking. I'm all into talking, talking, talking. And it used to be that he would turn off. And I didn't like that. It's like, come back to me. And do you know, that's just like torturing a man. <laughs> you might as well just just sit him, sit him down and put pokers in his eyes, you know. As you make a man listen to every living, breathing thing. So. He came up with something that has helped us. It's helped me. Just a practical thing. I'll start into something, something, and he can tell it's going to be every living, breathing detail. And um, he'll, say, he'll say this. He'll interrupt me. he said, just a moment. How long is this going to take? <laughs> H- he really wants to know. Well, that's my signal to, okay, I better... Pick and choose what I want to say here because what he, he's only going to really hear some things. I better pick and choose what I want him to hear. It's really helped us that little deal now, uh, give place to people in each other's lives then that can are, are, can tolerate the details where you know girlfriends could go out and it, it's important that guys be able to be able to chat with guys along the same, or people that have the same common details that they can woo, just really, but while they're doing it, look at it, and don't like have a rolled eye to eye attitude, admire that that's something that the person that I love really, really likes, and even though you may not be able to pitch in on it all, uh, identify and treasure what they treasure. Does that make sense? All right. So let's go on to something else here, and that is conf- confiding or conflict tips. And I'm going to have to go kind of quickly through these, but this will help. Uh, and for this verse, uh, for this, I'd like you to look at this verse in Revelation. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We can We don't have time for that one. That's a good one, though. Go back to Ephesians, the fifth chapter and 33. Uh, it's in the Bible. So just write that down and study it this week and do it, hey? Now, now, Revelation 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is talking. Notice he doesn't say that he has a warrant and he's going to bust the door in. He doesn't bust into a relationship. Jesus doesn't, and so we don't either. Now, the people that Jesus is talking to here have a relationship with him. He's actually talking to the church. But he invites, he knocks on our door, and he said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come with him, uh, come into him and dine with him and he with me. In other words, we'll have an intimate conversation, a relationship. So let's look about this. Uh, What is the knocking? Sometimes you just need to ask ask your husband, ask your wife, ask your friend, ask your child. Say, is this a good time to talk to you? Especially if you have like heavy, heavy, something heavy to say. Is this a good time to talk to you? Well, for some people, no time is ever going to be good. So you can say, let me know when a good time would be to talk to you. Could I talk to you later on today? Give them a heads up, all right? A right time, a right setting. So there's some important things that you may wanna say that you don't wanna say in front of other people. And and if you're gonna have intimacy, uh, you don't want to bring it out in front of everybody. You want to be able to have, have closeness between the two of you. Uh, sometimes it's a prepared conversation where you can set a time. Some, but you need to recognize if it happens spontaneously, because sometimes spontaneous, gorgeous conversations happen spontaneously. It happened for Tony and I last Monday after he preached this sermon about confiding in one another. We were going to go. We were doing a little bit of shopping, and in the car he started confiding. I thought, this is confiding. <laughs> He's practicing what he preaches. I believe this is confiding. And so, here's some things, here's some things that, um, that help where confiding or sharing tender things are concerned. And that's this. When somebody starts talking, don't be distracted. In other words, if you have to shut the TV off so that your eyes don't keep going back to it, shut it off because the, the act of doing that says you are more important than what's this what's a show that everybody likes now whatever it is your favorite or your favorite show you are more important than that what it says if you don't shut it off and your eyes keep going to it is that that show and the people inside the box are more important than the person you're talking to Yikes. Okay, and so then that makes gaps. Turn it off. Turn the phone off or else put it in another room uh, and don't be distracted. Uh, Another thing is resist. And I tell you, I know about this. Resist the urge to interrupt. I mean, it'll just come out of you, feel like it wants to come out like a volcano. Cork it. (laughs) If you want a good confiding, if you ever want to hear what in the world is in that person that you love, always, always interjecting. They'll never get it out, and they'll give up, and then you'll think it's been a wonderful conversation because you've done all the talking, but you still don't know what's in their heart. Quark it. Let that person talk. Uh, Don't make everything about you somewhere in the, oh yeah, that reminds me when this happened to me and somehow it's all about me then again. Or compete to top their story. Like if something, they're sharing something that's hurt them, you think, well that hurt you. Well, (laughs) what you did hurt me. And then it's, like, who, get, who hurt the worst, and who's more frustrated, and who's more mad, and, and, we, and then voices start getting louder and higher, I say higher, because Tony said my voice gets higher, so on purpose I try to talk really low. Compete for the top story, and then listen, in that conversation, you don't always have to be, come up with a, a wise thing, you can say, wow, I need to think about that and get back with you, or something in those kind of conversations whenever you're talking it's never about accusing and you don't want to start your sentences you you when you do you you it, it, watch if you start with you if you when you do this no 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 if you start with more like cause you're sh- you're confiding you're showing them your heart so you can say um it hurts i i just have to let you know it hurts when you d- when you do this when you when you answer like that it 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 makes me feel stupid and i know you don't maybe think i'm stupid but the way you answer like that makes me feel stupid so make it a b- exposing things that are in your heart or or it hurts when you do that or when when you do that it uh when when this happens, it, it, I get confused. I get confused when this kind of thing happens. Okay, so it's not accusing; it's exposing, so that that gives that person an opportunity to understand. Now, um, if um, Colin, could you please help me? And I'm sure your darling wife will won't won't. Actually, I need a husband and a wife because it will help me. Are you guys married? Okay, I need a husband and a wife. Okay, you two, come here. Yeah, come here. <laughs> I'm just looking for somebody close up here. Okay, lovelies, come on up here. Um, you want to, you want to be honest about yourself. It, you don't want to just always feel like love is just holding it all in. That's not confiding. You need to be able to, to tell your dreams and your goals and, and things, challenges on the outside, but you need to be able to say if there's gotten to be a brick or a barrier between the two of you and identify it. So if you'll just come over here, what you want to do is talk in such a way, and I'll, I'll position you, you guys, yeah. you're so sweet, You want to talk in such a way that if this is the problem that Jude isn't on one side, stay on that one side, and you're on the other so that this gets in between you. This is the problem. This is what Jude is doing or this is what Deb's doing and so now we've got something in between. You want to talk in such a way that absolutely... uh, brings the two of you together so that you're looking at the problem together now tony and i were walking and talking in daisy hill park and while he was he was walking um that's a good place for us to to talk because um you know it's just the right environment for us you can find your right environment we like daisy hill park and don't come because we talk about all kind of stuff but anyway, what the Lord helped me to see was this, that if, if you'll look, <laughs> don't you love this? Look this way and then you look at her and kind of look over each other's shoulders and tell me what it is you see. What is your, your view here? Uh, drums. You drums. see drums. She's got this on, yeah, you, drums. And, and what else? Uh, if I look up, I see lights. Mm-hmm. I can see out of the corner of my eye, Mm -hmm. uh, Jude. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, that's good. Yeah, the screen. Yeah, screens. Yeah, and details that way. But Jude, what do you see now? Big eyes, earrings, lipstick. Oh no, no, you can't be Song of Solomon. Look over (laughs) her shoulder. You say save that for save that for mm, mm. later on today. <clears throat> glory to God. Okay, what do you see over her shoulder? I see uh, a reflection in the window of mm. Debbie's back with mm. her beautiful long hair and how she's dressed. Oh no! Stop it! Stop it! You're so distracted with her. So okay, there's windows back there. <laughs> what else? Oh, the clock. Oh, the the clock. clock. The clock. Yes. The clock, and it's almost. Ten o'clock now. 10 is o'clock. Okay, keep going. And it's dinner time, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm thinking of dinner now. Yes, and uh, and you see people. I see people. Mm. People. Oh, they're not all smiling. Yeah, there you go. Now watch you guys with the relationship, with a relationship. When you get into discussion, if you don't stop and change positions when you're talking. You're always going to discuss what you see. And you're, the what you see will be different. Deb, what she sees, her outlook is different than Jude. Jude sees the situation this way. And Deb sees the situation this way. So what we do is take a breath, take turns, and come and see what each other are seeing. So in your conversation, if you listen to one another, you can say, I see what you're saying. You can say later, I actually don't agree with what you're s- thinking about that, but I see what you're saying. And then Jude can come over here and turn around, both of you, and, and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I see, I see what you're saying. And then together, thank you, loves, To get that, that really helped, yes. By the way, they are smiling out there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When you're both seeing the same direction and not different outlooks, you can make choices together. And sometimes the reason why somebody is responding the way that they're responding is because what they're seeing. And the other person is responding the way they're responding because that's what they're seeing. Take turns seeing what each other is seeing. Does that make sense? Now go back to Re- Revelation 3 and verse 20. We're going to end up with Jesus today. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and will open the door, I'll come into him and sup with him and he with me, or I'll dine with him and he with me. Let me just say this. Jesus if you're born again, is already in your heart, in your life. But different areas of your life he doesn't just barge into. He won't barge into your marriage. He won't barge into your finances. He won't barge into your, to your, how you treat your body. He won't barge into different things. He wants to be invited in, and he'll knock. Even by coming to church is a way that you're opening the door. You're saying, okay, I want you to talk to me. And he talks to you. He'll talk to you. And sometimes he'll, he, he um, it gives us an opportunity to hear what he has to say. gives us an opportunity to cast our cares on him. But to come in line with how God sees things is to see things right. And when he's knocked on my heart's door, the best thing that's happened with any of my relationships, especially with my husband, well, no, but also all my, no, I'm saying all my relationships, but marriage is such an important one. He'll knock on my heart and, uh, and he'll he he's had to tweak me. You know, just because we're pastors doesn't mean we got it all sorted. <sighs> We've had to get some things sorted. The reason I know about louder voices is I never hollered in my life until I got married. But he was Italian, and you just have to go over it, you know. (laughs) But God has helped us. There's wisdom for everybody, and there's sweetness in relationships. If we can get the bricks out, get the pokies away, we can look at things together, all right? Praise the Lord. Now, I want to, if the band can please come. And I want to pray for you today in two areas. I'm going to give a multiple choice invitation here today. If Jesus is not your Lord, if you're not 100% sure that if you were to pass from this life you would go to heaven, then I want you to know today that Jesus is standing at the door of your life. He doesn't barge in. He doesn't, he doesn't, He doesn't take you by force. He knocks on your heart's door and he allows you to to invite him into your life. So today, he's knocking at your heart's door and he said, if you listen and open the door, I promise I'll come into your life and I'll make all the difference in the world. And so I want to pray a prayer in just a moment give anybody here that's here an opportunity. If Jesus is not in your heart, if he's not in your life, allow him to come into your heart and life today and invite him so. I also want to give opportunity if there's anybody here and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? I mean the beautiful experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another tongue a special language from God If you don't have that he's knocking at your heart's door and he's saying invite invite me in today if you've been off the rails you've been all distracted with all kind of other stuff and you just want to get resorted where things of the Lord are concerned He's knocking at your heart's door today. and He said, I actually want to be the Lord of your life, not just in your life, I wanna be the Lord of your life. If you want to respond to his knock today, this invitation's for you. Today, if you want to get things sorted with a special relationship, he's knocking at your heart's door, the door of, of of that particular relationship. And by your invitation, opening the door, he'll come in and he'll start sorting stuff out. But he'll do it at your invitation. And so I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray this morning for every person here. Thank you for your love for every person. And I pray especially, Father, for anyone here who has never asked Jesus to come into their life, made him the Lord of their life, I ask, Father, that should there be such a person here that they will not leave until they open the door and let Jesus come in. I also pray, Father, about these other invitations, that the sweet presence, he's he's not mean, he's so kind, he gently knocks, but yet faithfully and insistently knocks about these other invitations in our life. In Jesus' precious name, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd like to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I'd like you to just raise up your hand anywhere in this room. Please just raise your hand up and say, yep, that's me. I would like to invite Jesus to come into my life. I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't know your heart, but he does. And if you need to raise your hand, do so now. We'll pray for you today. At the end of this service, the the, um, the worship team is going to sing a song. They're going to sing a song one time through. We're going to join with them as the, soon as that song is over. This front area is opened up for you, and there will be ministers up here in the front that will be ready to pray with you. If you want to just pray by yourself, that's also fine. But if you want somebody to pray with you about any of the things that I mentioned, I encourage you to come, to come up and allow Jesus to come in and do what only Jesus can do in your life. Thanks for listening. If you'd like any more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you'd like to sow financially into this ministry so we can share these great messages each week, then please visit rhema.org.au.